footy and Frothy's preview show looking towards round four of the National Rugby League. All four of us are with you as we hope to be each and every week, twice a week, Barney, Ollie and the Gump. What's going on, lads? Uh, we have a cloud this week, so we'll just have to see how that goes and hopefully the people that are stuck with floods again are not too bad off and they get to clean up and hopefully move on. So hearts go out to them again, the people up north. It's not not good for them at the moment. So um, hopefully we can they can cheer up and watch a bit of footy over the weekend and move forward a bit. That is some tough, tough business being up there at uh, at Lismore. And as Gumpy said, yeah, I've echoed his thoughts there. Our thoughts uh, are with everyone up there. Barney? Yeah, mate, much of the same. It's... Uh... <laughs> Been doing a bit of office work and in the truck the last couple of days. So we've lost three, a couple of blokes to COVID over the last 24 hours. So I'm doing um, three or four different jobs at the moment, but keeping me busy. It's, uh, yeah, back on the horizon. Well, never left the horizon, but uh, the event we're <laughs> at on the weekend was a super spreader as well, I've since heard. So society's going well at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah, Ollie? Yeah, it's still, uh, still breathing, trucking along. Keep it up. Yep. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Always a bonus. <laughs> Every day you get up, mate. Uh, major news from the well from the last couple of days, Mitch Barnett, six weeks, which we probably all predicted, which and we probably all are pretty disgusted by, boys. Uh, Ollie? Yeah, I thought, well, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm disgusted by the six weeks because I think it was sort of the consensus that that should at least be the minimum. So I guess he sort of... Okay, yeah. Um, Barney. <laughs> yeah, I think we all said that we, I think I was going to say exactly what Ollie was about to say. Uh, we all expected at least eight to 10 weeks, I thought. Um, if he, if the loading hadn't been wiped out at the start of the year by the NRL, he would have definitely got somewhere up around 10 to 12 well, he weeks. Got, but... I believe he's had six charge, six offences in the last five years. Yeah, so... But with no loading there, obviously base penalty, I don't think they wanted to, you know, they wanted to make a statement without actually having to go out and be forceful about it. So I think six weeks will be copped by the majority of people. Yep. Six weeks is is the minimum. The thing, again, that gets me is the wording, this whole careless, reckless, deliberate. Like, where did they end up coming with it? Have they said it's careless? Uh, they said it's reckless. They said reckless. So, so yeah. reckless. Well, in my opinion, now nobody can be charged with deliberate because if that's not deliberate, then I haven't seen a deliberate act. So, <laughs> I haven't. So, if any player gets charged with deliberate, there's no way that that will stick. Oh, they're going to have to king hit somebody. With, that's, with that, anyway. that's what I mean, but no. So, it's got to be dead set, like. Jack Hetherington got deliberate head-eye last year when he got his big suspension. Well, that was less deliberate than what Barnett did, yes. in my opinion. A head-high, well, you never know whether that's deliberate. A bloke can say, I slipped, it was an accident. But Barnett didn't have to run near him no, to do right. what he did. Uh, to he make- ran out of his way 
to elbow a bloke that was standing there. So my problem is with the wording, like six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, it, it, it is what it is. It's the wording now and how they're going to get around it in the future, the same as all of these other things that they're talking about with the wording of forceful, not forceful. Had Chris Smith broke his jaw, would it have been more? Oh, at least would have been another two to four weeks. At if least, it was a player that was more high profile than Chris Smith with no injury, would it have been more? There again are the problems that I have that if he broke his jawbone, as you just said, does he get four weeks more? It shouldn't matter. No, the shouldn't. injury shouldn't come into account, but in this case it would have. And I believe the profile of the player that it happens to also comes into account. It's probably not mentioned, but come on, if that was – if Nathan Cleary was in that game and that happened to Nathan Cleary and he got six weeks for it, that would be outrage. it'd be an outcry. Yeah. So I think these are the problems with it. Like six weeks, it doesn't matter, but the problem is moving forward. If it happens to a player that's got more profile in the game, yeah, then no, I, I hate the where fact, are we going? I hate both of those facts, the fact that it relies on profile and relies on the outcome of the injury. Because like you said, if he'd broken his jaw and put him out for the year, or worse, he would have been doing more time. And I also agree if you think in regards to reckless, because to me reckless is a lack of care and attention and if you are uh, choosing to punch someone in the face that is premeditated and a shot maybe yep. maybe not entirely premeditated but you know what you're doing that's, that's not right. reckless uh sorry that's Ollie. Deliberate. deliberate yeah exactly right you've done it deliberately yes whether you plan to or not 100%. like it's still a deliberate act like yeah tomatoes tomatoes to, like, to me but, reckless Really, reckless should be that I can understand that sometimes reckless can be those sort of incidents happen around a try line where you're throwing your body. That can be reckless, and I can understand someone getting above the 90 degrees could be considered reckless because you can lose control. But beyond that, you know what you're doing most of the time. Careless is a little accident. Yeah. Reckless is a big accident and yeah. deliberate on purpose. That's yeah. how I would classify the three. 100%. <laughs> on a football field. Yeah. Sounds about right. 100%. Ollie, we lost you just then. Did you, have, did you want to? Step back in. Yeah, so my computer decided to be Mitch Barnett and be a peanut for a few moments there and turn itself off, which was lovely. Helps me out a lot um, in the middle of the show. But pretty much I'd say the six weeks was probably the minimum. At least I think that's probably the shortest amount of time people are willing to accept. But at the end of the day, the jaw's part of the head. We've been saying it for so long now. The head is sacred. We need to be taking more care with contact to the head. I think it's certainly for a deliberate act as well. It's probably one of the worst dog shots you could do to someone without punching him in the back of the head or something uh, in the game. So I'd say you, I'd be happy with probably about 10 weeks, to be honest, like t 10 to 12. Um, his name escapes me. You brought him up on the Monday show, Daggy, but it was um, – Danny Williams from the Storm. Yeah, the Melbourne yeah. Storm player on uh, the Tigers player, or the, uh, I think it was in 2004. Um, I forget which Tigers player it was. What did he get? As 16? Well, but didn't he get? He got 16, well, yeah, 16 he got, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I wouldn't say that's necessarily overly dissimilar. I, I wouldn't say it's as bad, obviously, but you're sort of looking around that, yeah, that 10 to 12 week period where he should have been suspended, I think. Yeah. So I think we all agree, yeah, in short, not enough. Uh, but maybe this is – now they're wiping records every year. Maybe six weeks is what you're going to 
maybe that's a new normal. Apparently there's no carryover. You'd, you'd have to go out and do it again to get more this year. This year, yeah. That's right. So, uh, any other news, boys? I didn't have a great deal apart from that. Uh, well, I guess in terms of a signing rumour, the one I've seen today is apparently um, reported by the Courier Mail's Peter Bedell that there are six clubs other than the Cowboys looking to sign uh, Jeremiah Nanai. Of course, a big performance on the weekend against Brisbane for 2023 onwards. Um, apparently, the smallest deal he's being offered is 600k a year. So um, he's um, certainly about to get a fair bit of a pay rise. And the only club that has been mentioned um, specifically are the Dolphins that are interested, which, I mean, I guess looking at the Dolphins, I get that he's a young player coming through and got plenty of potential. But at the moment, I think they really need to focus on getting some backs in there because they've already got a, a decent looking forward pack. Sure, they'll be having a crack. I don't want to get into speculation about stuff we don't know, but sure, they'll have an actual crack at Ponga at some point. You'd have to think so, yeah. And if teams are willing to spend, again, minimum 600000 on Manai, the Dolphins at least would need to watch where they're spending their money at this point because they have already spent a little bit on that Melbourne Storm forward pack realistically and Jermaine Osaka. Don't they have, so don't they have 10 be, mil though? Well, yeah, but if they want to be bringing in sort of your bigger money signings, like Ponga is probably going to cost them around a million a year. Whether he deserves it or not, that's the – that's realistically what he's going to be demanding. So I, I don't know. I think this is one probably at least the Dolphins can keep on the back burner a little bit. And with the Cowboys, it just depends. Obviously they've got a couple million dollar contracts already. There are other young players at the club who have impressed as well. So it depends on how many of those you want to keep. So yeah, it's a bit sort of murky waters at the moment, I'd say with it, but for six rival clubs to be showing interest, I mean, anything could really happen at this point. I heard late this afternoon that he's set to re-sign with, um, with the Cowboys. But. Well, Peyton said he's confident that he will. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, nothing else, lads? Get into PCTC. Barn, how'd the weekend go? Yeah, well, um, not good for most of us, to be honest. No. Um, but overall, we've got now we have uh, Pop Rod, who's leading the competition on 18 points as a standalone leader. Uh, second, we have two players on 17 points, and then we get down to some footy and frothies players. We have Jen Jen running first at the moment. Uh, she's leading on margin, and she's tied with RAH434 and Flobs, but she's ahead of those two on the margins. Um, I'm running fourth with 14 points, equal with Ollie, the Oracle, Boom, and Gazmeist. And Action Bailey and Daggy are bringing up the rear, both on 10 points, running 14th and 15th, respectively. Out oh, of 15. Good. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I'm planning on sacking my coach soon, so. Yeah, good. I'll come good. Good. Uh, and, P, what do you do next, Supercoach? Yeah, so at the moment, Danan is leading the Footy and Frothies League uh, with the points difference margin. There's another four players with him that are all on four points at the moment. Daggy's running sixth on with two points and a 200-point points differential in the positive. Gumpy's running 14th with a minus 72-point differential and on two points. Ollie also on two points in 15th with a minus 106 points differential. And I'm running dead last. I'm running 20th. I have zero points and I have a minus of 345 points differential. 
You should do a You'll footy. come good, champ. You'll come good. <laughs> you should do a footy podcast. A uh, couple of quick questions. I thought I might throw out in regards to players for Supercoach before we get into our preview. Uh, we might lump them both together. If you've had Tommy Turbo and Angus Crichton so far this year, are you panicking yet or are you sticking solid, Barn? You can tell oh, us look, from Tommy's the bottom involvement of the on, Tommy's involvement on the weekend with 20-odd runs probably leads you towards thinking that he's going to come good at some point. Um, you've already lost about hundred grand, I think, for this week just gone, so you're probably just going to bite the bullet at this stage and try and ride it out and you know, hopefully... He turns it around before he gets under 900k, but we'll see how that one plays out. Crichton does look a bit panic stations to me. I'm not sure if he's holding an injury or what it is. He's been moved back to the bench. I think, has he been named on the bench again this week? Yeah. Um, it doesn't read well. He hasn't looked like he's, um, you know, destructed himself at all this season. So he probably would be somebody that you might be looking at moving on. Any thoughts, thoughts on anyone else? Yeah, I agree with Barn. I didn't have either of them to start the year at their prices and probably wouldn't look at them unless they got the whole lot lower. I'm happy with the <laughs> blokes that I've got in those positions that are sort of doing all right that cost me a whole lot less. So, you know, at the moment, someone like Pappy or whatever scoring plenty of points and they were a lot cheaper. So, yeah, I agree with Barn. I wouldn't – if I had them, I wouldn't get rid of them, but – yeah, if you didn't have them in the first place, you're not missing out on much. I know that everybody in draft league is probably annoyed because they first pick would have picked Turbo, and they've got no value from their first pick. That's would yeah. be my. There's no value from pick one yet, and some people probably pick Cleary too, and they've had no value yet either because he hasn't played. So, and uh, potentially, I suppose Haas would have been close, and you've got nothing out of a feeder, and Harry Grant's missed two games, so. Correct. So a lot of the high draft picks yeah. people haven't got much out of yet. Maybe a lesson for future drafts. Uh, Ollie, anything to add? Uh, well, I think I'm really with Gup. Like, I, I didn't have Travojevic and Crichton in my squad to start with. And the thing for me, which I've sort of gone against this week, because I've actually brought Nathan Cleary into my side this week. I'm going to... I say it's a gamble because he's coming back from injury, but I thought maybe go with a, a safer bet there then. Jerome Hughes has been so far this year, which I'm a bit surprised about. But just on Travojevic as well, it's so many people were going for him because of the price tag, right? Because he's the highest price player in Supercoach history. It seems that that's actually drawn a lot of people to him uh, to think well, that they must to have someone him. Yesterday, got, so they considered him almost a pod because they figured people wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that's the thing. And you've got... Um, like players like James Tedesco there and Ryan Pappenhausen, for example, who are at least $300,000 cheaper and are probably, well, I'd say they've done better overall so far in Supercoach this year, but you would have been tipping to be doing around the same job. I just... Well, I think when the season started, yeah. it cost you an extra hundred grand to have both Tedesco and Pappenhausen in your team for one Tommy Turbo. So yeah, if you've had both of those from the start of the year, you're absolutely flying if, compared to someone who's got Turbo at fullback, so... You summed it up quite well. And uh, you touched on the other question I had. Is anyone running out to get the big fish back in their team, Cleary? I mainly did reactionary from last week because it was that bad, to be to be honest. I had a really poor week and I just figured I needed something. Hughes was really good in round one. So I pulled the trigger on him and brought him in and now I've pulled the trigger on Cleary. So he'll probably not do too well. <laughs> I think I will in a couple of weeks when... Some of my cheapies have made me some money to get him. 
Mm-hmm. Possibly I'll get rid of some of the blokes that I'm probably not going to play that have made 100,000 maybe and, and use them to get him. But I'm not going to rush out. But Absolutely. half-back I'm Realistically, I'm hoping he comes back and puts up 70 every week because he's priced at around 95 uh, per week. So he does that for three weeks, gives you three weeks for Ilias or Schneider or someone like that to fatten up by another 100, 150 yeah. grand. And then, you know, you just got to find that extra four, 500 grand to swap them around um, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, you but. do. You but do. at the moment, Nico Hines is probably a better bet at seven anyway, the way he's been scoring. Yeah, I've got him in as my second fullback at the moment, but he'll probably end up in the halves for me. Yeah, so. yeah he, um, I, I looked at it, but you, you actually have a, a couple of weeks' grace as well because he's not going to go up massively even if he does score. And you really want to watch that shoulder for the first two weeks. Yeah. It was a major surgery. Um, they get, I know he would have had Kikau and Fisher-Harris and blokes like that running at him at training, but it's not the same. You, know, you don't... <laughs> You get yourself into some weird positions when it's um, when it's actual game day. So see how the contact goes on that shoulder. And uh, yeah, injuries and a few other things. Not really any massive cheapies to write home about at the moment. But anyone else caught your eye uh, from any of you guys you want to touch on, or should we move on? Now I'm happy to move on. I mentioned a couple last week. Josh King has gone up by seventy grand. He looks like he's going to make another fifty or sixty this week, and then probably the same the week after. So. If you're looking for 100 grand over the next couple of weeks, you could do worse than getting him into your front row. Um, if Max King gets some more game time, he's a definite buy. Um, at the moment, he's probably still a buy because he's just because of his price. Um, Nanai, dependent on how he if he can keep that form up, someone you might be looking at. And um, Taylor May has to come into your team, whether it's this week or next week. Or you got rocks in your head if you don't get him into your team <laughs> just until Toto comes back. Yeah, and even then, you might, even then you might be safe. If he goes and takes Stain's spot, yeah. Oliver? Uh, nothing to add from uh, the Supercoach Oracle and the World Heavyweight Champion of Supercoach. All right. Um, keep your secrets then, champ. We will get to um, <laughs> let's get to our preview. Footy and Frothy's preview kicks off with Thursday night football. The clash between the Gold Coast Titans and the West Tigers. At Seabus. Uh, Azarko comes in to play his first game at fullback for Campbell. We get uh, Luke Thompson back for COVID uh, Sammy. So that worked out all right in the back line there. Tigers, uh, well, after last week, they rush out and bring back Mamalo, Roberts and Tualangi. All the stars are back, uh, which moves Garner and Safarth to the bench. Marsgrove starts at prop. Uh, Ollie, have at it. Uh, well, first of all, I actually don't like Jermaine Asako playing at fullback. I thought he was relatively poor when he played at fullback at the Broncos. I didn't really like his positioning, and he was prone um, to a few drop balls as well. I, I, I just don't really like him as a fullback. I think he adds value in the centres or on the wing, um, but I do not see him as a fullback, and especially sort of is coming at the detriment of J- Jaden Campbell, someone who the Titans have put all their eggs in his basket moved AJ to the halves when AJ was a state of origin fullback there for a little while. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I've been saying all week that I think the Tigers are going to win. And I'm honestly very scared that they will, but I've got to sort of vote with my head here, I guess you could say. And I'm going to tip the Titans one to 12 though. I don't think it'll be too dissimilar a game um, as the Tigers had against the uh, Warriors. 
And my first try scorer, why not Corey Thompson, just to rub it in a little bit to <laughs> Tigers fans. And my man of the match, I'm going to go with. So Daggy can still be a little bit happy, uh, Mr. Fodawaker, Mr. Mo Fodawaker. Isn't he going to monster these geeks uh, tomorrow night? But uh, tomorrow night's the night that David Vafita wakes up. He would have been dreaming about this game all season because he's done nothing to date. Now he gets to feast on some um, some losers out wide. He'll probably score, well, I'm tipping him first try. He'll probably score three or four. Uh, as a result, we'll probably give him man of the match. Even though I'm tipping Mo's uh, fantastic early season form to continue. Titans 13 plus as a result, just because I don't know how the Tigers are going to score more than 12. So if anyone can point that out to me, uh, happy to hear it. But until I see it, uh, I won't be believing it. Gumpy. Well, one, re- one reason, sorry, the Titans suck defensively. Oh, also, that's about it. And yeah. maybe Gildart might do something. Yeah, they do get Gildart uh, yeah, running at some of those edges. Gump? I'm going to pick the Titans 13+, plus, but it could be 1-12 to 12, um, with the way the Titans, if they if they play for 80 minutes, they'll win by 40. If they play for 80 minutes, it, it depends on the Titans how much they want to win this game by. I think the Tigers are, are treading water until they change Madge or change, change something. I think it's it's just a big tread water for them. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they go out and they, they have a go, but the Titans are a team that's got plenty of points in them, and if they defend reasonably, then it should be a pretty comfortable win, I would have thought, for the Titans. I'll back Brian Kelly to score the first try, although it, because I'm penning for feeder, I, I think he'll mm-hmm. probably, I agree with Daggy, probably scores three or four, but I'm penning him because at the start of the year, I said he'd have a big year, but... He, in three weeks, he's done nothing. So I'll go for Kelly first try, and I'll go Brimson, man of the match. Um, yeah, they, did, they didn't drop Campbell for Osako. Campbell's out with um, injury, rib injury. So that was um, a... Yeah, rib injury. Why didn't I hear... Well, why have I not heard about this? <laughs> because the, the no, they haven't, they haven't canned Campbell. Osako like, will more than likely go back to the wing when I, Campbell yeah. does come back. Because so they're saying one to two weeks for Campbell with bruising on the ribs. Yeah. But um, Because what I saw at first, the Titans put out a post or something. Maybe I didn't read the description right, but it, it said Asako comes in for Campbell, but it didn't say anything about yes. injury. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. a lesson to everyone. Read the description <laughs> for everything. That, no. That's my pet You don't say. Problem. You don't say anyway. Mr. Social Media. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Barney. Um on paper, there's a lot of positions in this field that they match up pretty well against each other, realistically. Um, I can see some tough battles in the centres and the wingers, um, both having good moments and bad moments. Um, Laurie against Asako is not the worst matchup in the world. But then you come down into the front row and you've got Mo Fodawaker up against James Tamo, Tino up against Joe Offerhengawi, um, and the halves stands out like a sore thumb as well. So just... Everything leads me to the Titans. I was originally going to go 13 plus, but I think they're um, yeah. There's there's too many mistakes in both of these teams for um, you know either one to get too far away from each other. I think so. I'll stick with the Titans one to 12. I'm going with Fafita as well for the first try scorer. Um, surely they have to get him get him a bit more involved and make him do some work, especially close to the line. Well, if it's not this week, when is it going to happen? It's not going to happen against Penrith, is it? And Sexton, I think, has probably been close to their best player all year, so we'll go with him for man of the match. Friday night kicks off with the Sharks in Newcastle. Oh, sorry, I changed that, actually. 
It was um, Tino on the back of his performance last week. If he puts anything up like that against the Tigers team, he'll absolutely tear the middle apart in this game. So, How good are their forwards going, apart from one? I know we're pretty <laughs> bagging them. The rest of the forwards apart, are going apart off. Apart from the one. <laughs> yeah, from the one. The million-dollar one. <laughs> uh, there's another lesson for coaches. Yeah, anyway, Sharks and Knights at... Uh, what is it, points bet? What's it called these days? Yeah, points, yeah, bet. points bet stadium. Yeah. Uh, Talakai moves to the centres for Connor Tracy, which is a yeah. very interesting matchup, which you can talk about in a sec, Barn. Wilton comes back in, and Aiden Tolman plays his 300th game from the bench. Uh, Newcastle welcome back Caelan Ponga. Brody Jones starts for Barrett, and Suaso Su named on the bench. Barney, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, mate, um, I think the Knights. I think they were um, they got a bit beaten up realistically last week. Um, their, their middles were pretty strong, but they they had their backsides hanging out by the time the game finished. Um, the Sharks looked pretty comfortable in the wet last week. I'm pretty sure well, the Sharks' ground doesn't ever seem to be dry, it's even when it's been so, it's something to do with the swamp it's built on. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just think. Sharks may have too many legs in them at the end, back end of this game. Uh, I could see it being good, a, a pretty good matchup for a, a fair chunk of the game, uh, especially in the forwards. The forward battle um, was pretty exciting, actually, uh, and the, the benches seemed to sort of match up a bit as well. So there's, um, there's something there, but I, I can just see the Sharks being a, a little bit fitter and a little bit classier towards the back end of this game. And I've got the Sharks going in at 13-plus, um, you go with first try scorer Talakai out in the centres there. Um, is it going to be best against Talakai? Because that's going to be something interesting. Well, I thought it was best. Gay. Might want to run straight at him. I can promise you that. I thought it was the other one. I, I was super interested to see gay guy against Talakai, but I might have read it wrong. Uh, I think I think the coach will switch it around anyway. I think yeah. I don't think he'd want gay guy up against Talakai no, because gay guy would probably make him look silly at times. That's what I. Whereas thought. Ramian's probably a better chance of even if he does get beaten, being able to. Rain him in and catch him, yeah, and uh, just put him up and run straight at Bradman best. And uh, if those two run at each other or not, that's definitely something to be watching at the back end of this game. And um, man, the match it's just been the Nico show so far, so I can't see it changing if the Sharks are going to win. How far away is beginners from playing 80 minutes? Uh, probably another month, I would say. Yeah, I know they did, they I dare say there'll be another two weeks of him playing 30 to 40 minutes, and then they'll start stretching him out to 60. And yeah, he might not, he might not actually go back to 80, but he'll be playing an hour in three or four. Yeah, they didn't buy him to play off the bench. So. Where does he fit, though? You think they bought him t- longer than 12 months ago, right? That mm-hmm. so where I'm going to bring he'll it up. Play 13. Where he'll play 13. Where does he fit? And so, Dale will go back to the back row. But he, Finnegan's not an edge player now. You can't play Finnegan on an edge. He's a middle. Starting in the front row. So that's what I mean. So mm-hmm. so they've got Hamlin Ueli. They've got Rudolph. Rudolph mm-hmm. They've got... Nakora. Fafita Tolman. Fafita drops out Tolman. of the team, really. So that's what I mean. But So they've, they've got an embarrassment. They've got Finnegane. They've got McInnes. Got like, Lewis Hunt, who's outside the 20. I don't actually see... A starting spot for McInnes, realistically, in their plays team. fourteen for the rest of the year. Yeah, oh, I don't see. I was even going to bring up the fact that they must really rate Teague Wilton because Talakai was mm-hmm. unbelievable on an edge as the back rower last week, mm-hmm. and they put Teague Wilton straight back into the team, and they've got Talakai a spot. But if the, if Connor Tracy plays, 
Talakai goes to the bench and Wilton comes back into the team. Well, so they must, have, they must have an opinion of Wilton. So they've got Wilton and Nakora. So you've got where does Wade Graham fit when he comes back? Graham does so Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah. But does McInnes fit in their starting 13 if they're winning? I don't see McInnes fitting in what they're doing. Yeah, fair call. Like you're playing Finnegan and the pro- I would start with Rudolph and Hamlin Ueli. I think they're big and they make ground for the Sharks. Why are you going to put McGuinness in? He's not going to make that ground early on in the game. He's a smaller body. I don't see with their setup that he's going to be in their starting 13. I, I might be wrong. Bring him on after but, 20 minutes and just play him the way they've been playing. Well, correct. And then and he might be just a 40-minute player for him. I think McInnes is too good a player to leave out for too long, honestly, as long as he's fit. Because just the – I've said it time and time again, like the, de, the defensive game that he brings to a team is invaluable. Like even the past couple of weeks when he has come off the bench, I think he's just about made more tackles than minutes or like something You've up. You've got Finucane doing the same thing. You yeah, can't have two blokes in your team doing the same thing. Yeah. That- when you got a guy who's made like – upwards of a thousand tackles when he's been fit each and every year. I just don't see how they've obviously p- paid for him to play there. And it was always going to be the plan, I think, to play him at 13 because you got Blake Braley there. I think you could afford to put uh, a Finucane at prop if you needed to, and possibly a Hamini does drop off to the bench. I see it as feasible, to be honest. Like I think Finucane still provides a lot, um, at prop, he's, he's obviously been playing amazing. Like Your prop and lock is the same guy. thing. The way Cronulla play, they're not using oh, their lock in that yeah. ball distribution, right? Oh, he's, yeah. he's been doing a little bit of it. But yeah. I, don't, I don't find a spot for him. And he was signed with the, another coach there. I'm not saying Fitzgibbon doesn't rate him or whatever and won't put him in. But he was signed when a different coach was at the helm and they had different personnel. And they've since then, other blokes have come on for them that they may not have expected to have come on the way they have. And then they've got Joe and other blokes. I reckon now that he might be 14 at best for them. Yeah. I, I, I just think he, it, it depends on how much he's pl- you're playing him then as well, I guess, because he's, I think at least worth again, when fit 60 minutes a game, like he can still play 60 off the bench. Yeah. He can, he can, but, but I guess that's the I main would, thing. These, these things tend to have a habit of working themselves out. Yeah. Well, someone well, will, to, someone yeah. will get injured. And that's right, in. that's right. But uh, Yeah. To add what you were saying as well, Gump, uh, one must wonder as well if McInnes had never got injured at the start of last year when he was originally signed to Cronulla from the Dragons, whether or not they would have gone and signed for Nukin. Well, They may not have. Yeah. Like, they, may, they, they may not have. That's what I mean. There's been other circumstances at play in terms of who they've got to the club since Cameron McInnes had signed. And they've got a new coach who's obviously signed different players to the club because Craig Fitzgibbon's got Dale Finucane to the club. Well, even in talking about the forward pack, we haven't even meant like Talakai's in the centres this week. There's another body that has to move There's somewhere. It's another back, back rower. In, yeah. So there's Wilton, Wade Graham, Nakora, and Talakai. You've got four back rowers. Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. And it just means I can't possibly imagine if Tiger, uh, if Sharks win the next six that they're going to be rushing Wade Graham back in, to be honest. So. Well, I agree. 
Yeah. yeah. What are you saying about the game anyway? I think the Sharks will win um, for the reasons of outline. I think, as Barney said, that they were gassed last week, the Knights. And I don't think that they've got that many points in them, to be honest. I know they scored a few last week against Penrith. They got a few the first week against the Roosters after mistakes and a few sort of against the Tigers when they play. But I don't know. They've got a lot of points in them. It'll be wet. I think Cronulla would just be too tough. So I'll go 13 plus. I'll go Ikevalu to score the first try. And I'll go for um, Matt Moylan, man of the match. <laughs> interested to see how Ikevalu is going to do that. Given he's not in the team. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not in the 24. <laughs> <laughs> I better get uh, Ronaldo's back. Ronaldo. Oh, well, that's who I'll go for that wing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's on that wing. Whoever's on that wing. Ollie? I think. I Sorry, think, I think. No, I think. I, I'm pretty sure I had one of those gaffes last week as well. So I think we're all going to take it in turn. So Barney, Dave, watch out. But um, I'm going to go Cronulla as well. Have you seen who's starting I'm, for the Dragons later? So yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I've seen it. I couldn't say Eisenhower last week, so it's been good. Yeah, I, I'm only going to say one to twelve though. I think Newcastle still show up for the occasion, if we will, for a few more weeks. They will end up dropping off a little bit, but I'm not sure this week's a week. I just think in the end they'll be outclassed uh, by a better team overall. In Cronulla, man of the match, I'll go with Nico Hines, just the way he seems to get better as a sort of controlling halfback week on week at the moment. And first try scorer, I'm going to go big Dom Young from Newcastle. I'm going to Sharks 1-12 was banking a bit more in the weather. It might not be as big a factor as we've said, but is it supposed to pour down again tomorrow? I assume it is. So. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure Shark Park still has water left over from that game against the Rabbitohs in 2015. Yeah, it never dried. I remember that, um, but it was pretty much a hurricane. You've, you've, summed up, uh, you've summed up all my thoughts anyway, so I won't spend too much time on it. I, I was very interested to see if Gay Guy is on Talakai. I uh, was interested to see if those points came through there. So I had uh, Frizzell first try as a result. Uh, and Nico out of the match for the same reason everyone has already said. The main event is Penrith and South's grand final rematch at Blue Bet. Cleary is back. We've got uh, Sorensen starting for Chris Smith. Lindy Smith onto the bench. Bunnies unchanged from the team that towed up the Roosters last week. Uh, Gump, what are you doing here? I think Penrith will win 1-12. to I still think that Fisher-Harris will play. Even though I know that I got Ikevalu wrong then, but he, I know that Fisher Harris is named and Liam Martin's named. Fisher Harris on tipping will play, and Liam Martin may even play as well. Um, I, I think Cleary back. I just think that Penrith will go back to their death by a thousand cuts, and and South. I want to see them do what they did last week for another week. Like they've, they've, they've been good one week and or half against the storm, I guess, but let's see how they go against the, the benchmark of the comp. And um, I think Latrell needs another week before he, he hits his straps fully here. But look, I think Penrith will win one to 12. I'll go first try scorer. I'll go for um, tail and may, and I'll go man of the match. Nathan Cleary with a glorious return back to the game. A fair bet because if you, if they win it all, he's going to be high up in the Dalian points because the judges don't look apart from three players. 
Uh, I'm going to go. I agree with you, Gump. I think it won't be a massive margin, but it will be a, a comfortable one to twelve, as I say. And uh, I th- I can see the for- the South Fords being back to where they were a couple of weeks ago. It would be a massive effort from uh, Cam Murray to carry to carry them against this pack. Uh, you can talk about that match up in a minute, Barn. I know you'll be chomping at the bit. And uh, I'm going to go just for nostalgia's sake. Jerome Luai, first try scorer. Off a Cleary kick. They love that little play to each other. And man of the match, I'll give it to Yo. Outplaying his counterpart, Barn. Yeah, well, if, um, if Fisher Harris and um, the young fella don't play, uh, Liam Martin don't play, I think South can actually match and maybe even better this Penner forward pack. Um, just on the back of Jai Arrow and Cameron Murray from last week, you know, Keon Kulamatangi is going to be coming all day. Whereas you probably can't really say the same thing about Kickow unless he flicks that switch. Sorensen to me is still a bit of a bit player, bench player rather than a starter. So um, I think they really need Liam Martin and Fisher Harris in this one, to be honest. Um, Totola mixes his form, but at his best, he's as good as you know a lot of these other forwards uh, in this game. So. South's only hope is to absolutely win and dominate through the middle um, because if they're on the back foot trying to get it wide to score points, they're going to struggle uh, because Penrith's defence is so good. It has been for a year and a half, two years, and um, that'll be probably what gets them home again in the end of this game. I've got Penrith 1-12. to 12. I've got first try scorer. Oh, that worries me, this one. I think South might actually score the first try, and I think... Um, you might find that South come out really pumped up and Latrell might be the one that scores the first try and they get up and they're on top of Penrith for the first 20 minutes, but Penrith will just wear them down and um, man of the match will go to someone. Desire Yo's won it three weeks without Cleary. Let's see if he can do it again while Cleary's there. So are you saying, I know we talked about the other night to re the whole conversation, having thought about a bit more leading to this, Souths were much better or Roosters were terrible the other night? Souths were much better. Um, the yeah. Roosters attacked. They kept shooting themselves in the foot, which obviously yeah. gave made the game a lot easier for Souths. But I thought their forward pack was outstanding compared to the, the first two weeks of yeah. the, the performances yeah. that they put in. And that performance out of the Souths pack would probably be better oh, 13, 12, 13 teams in the comp. Souths were much better, I thought. And I, still, and I think in this game too that... I reckon that they will still try and kick high to Latrell and make him bring the ball back a lot and, and gas him a bit. Like, you, you can severely disrupt his impact on the game by kicking the ball and making him kick return. He's not da- not as dangerous on the kick return if they've got a straight line in front of him. If they make him 12 times kick return, you're gassing him a bit. And I don't think it'll worry... Penrith too much, Johnston or Paulo taking the second play. They're not renowned yeah, meter leaders as wingers either. Oh. So I think that they'll kick to to Latrell and will try and gas him a bit to blunt him later in the tackle count when he's not back to full fitness yet, your match fitness. So that would be my ploy. And you know what? They might kick to him and he might make three line breaks and set up three tries and make me and them look stupid because he's that kind of player. So it's risk versus reward doing that, I guess. Yeah. Ollie? Yeah, I wouldn't add uh, too much more on top of what you blokes have said. I'm also going to go Penrith 1-12. to 12. I feel like the first – I feel like this 
is set up to be a classic sort of Penrith grind, as you've been alluding to in recent weeks, Daggy, where I'd say the first 20 minutes or so, Penrith don't come bursting straight out the gates looking for points. I'd say they probably put 12 points on Souths towards the end of the first half. South Sydney come out hot the side of the second half, maybe get a couple of tries, but then towards the end, Penrith sort of turn it on and just do enough to win, really. I'm going to say man of the match, Nathan Cleary coming back. I think he's going to play in a bit of a dinner suit for the next couple of weeks, but I feel like his kicking game will get Penrith home. And I'm going to say first try scorer, uh, Taylor May. Off last week's efforts, what a pantheon we've got on Saturday afternoon. They just got all the good teams from last week, threw them in the buffet, and this is what popped up in the Bay Marie. I'm just excited. <laughs> Must be hungry too from all those food terms. Um, um, kick off I hope Ramwick races are on, Daggy, for, oh, so for I've our got sake. More to watch because last week uh, I was forced to watch some of the, that three o'clock game because races were off. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens. Well, but let's get to it, eh? Over unders line for errors in this game. Over or under 30? <laughs> over. I'll take the over. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. take the over in all these games, to be honest. Uh, but let's kick off with the Warriors and Broncos from Red Cliff, uh, where we get... Uh, well, the mail is Sean Johnson's going to play. Uh, the late mail today was... Uh, Cape will in doubt with a calf, but has been named. Ricky has been named, but in doubt. Ryan James moves on to the starting lineup, and which pushes. Where's this list here? Uh, <laughs> Rabadi back to the bench. Did he start last week? Is that right? And the bloke that played the Palacia. Oh, Palacia, yeah, is uh, is starting as back well. Back to the edge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ollie, you can have – I know you love these sort of games, so you can lead us away. Yeah, so I love train crashes. Oh, I just love them. Uh, I think Brisbane are actually – I'd be looking be... for one halfway through this game. <laughs> yeah, it'd be – I think Kingston Brisbane Station's actually... just up the road. I, I think they might win this one 13-plus, actually. Uh, they looked good for the first two rounds of the season, uh, but then but they just dropped off a cliff in that game against the Cowboys. So at least for now – um seeing that as as a one-off, especially because they are up against the team that I think are very lucky they escaped with a win against the West Tigers. Could actually be the worst team in the comp, but have sort of had that hidden because they were managed to do it against the Tigers. And as we've said before, they're not based in Sydney, so we don't get to talk about them much. But the New Zealand Warriors, I do not think, are the best team in the world, put it that way. So Brisbane 13-plus, I'm going to say first try scorer, Selwyn Cobbo, and man of the match, Payne Haas, to run probably around 300 metres and just eat everyone alive. Barney? Yeah, I said, mate, this could be an absolute shit show. This could be just error after error. Blokes running 10, 15 metres, dropping the ball. Line breaks running 50 metres to be tackled over a sideline. <laughs> Drop bombs, all the rest of it. Don't be surprised if you see it every five minutes of this game because both of these teams do have their issues. They've got players that float in and out of games. They've got players that can be the best player in the world for five minutes and then just their head explodes and they're horrible for the rest of the game. Um Sean Johnson, coming if he does come back in, only helps the Warriors' chances. But I said last week I'm not tipping the Warriors again this year unless something dramatically changes because the performance from last week was 
was not good at all, and neither was Brisbane's, to be honest. I saw a few glimpses out of Tessie New uh, in his first game back, and I'm going to have him for the first try scorer for the Broncos. I think it'll be 1-12, to 12, but I think there may be both teams scoring upwards, pushing around the 20 points each in this game, um, only through errors and mistakes from the other team, <laughs> gifting them field position and you know, missed tackles and all the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, and man of the match... I might go with Albert Kelly, actually. I think if um, if they can get around the field into good positions, it's going to be Albert Kelly who's going to be the one finishing off any any of the good work done on the inside um, and putting his outside men away. So. Comfy. I'll go um, Brisbane 1-12, to but I think with not much confidence, but I've made my career money out of the Warriors. I've given them <laughs> once in 10 years. They won last week and I picked up the cash. So I've got a big return on investment from them and that'll be for, for me picking them again, possibly when they play the Tigers again. So I won't say ever, but we'll see. So I'll pick the Broncos. But at some time in this game, the Bronco, the Warriors will look like they're going to win it. The same as they do a lot of other weeks, they'll they'll a couple of burst a burst of a couple of tries, and you sit there and think, oh yeah, they're going good, and they'll look like that they're going to win the game, and and Payne Haas will come back on the field, or, or yeah, and, and something will happen, and, and they'll fall apart, and Brisbane will get a couple of late tries, and may push it to thirteen plus, but I think the the Broncos will win. I'll go first try scorer Herbie Farnworth. I think he's going really good for the the Broncos, and he, he's got some good involvement. And I'll go Adam Reynolds, man of the match. I think that he, he will um, have a big influence on, on the outcome of this game, considering last week he was, like, okay, but they got a bit of a pasting. So um, I think he'll come back this week and, and, and have a good game for them. I, I agree. I'm going to go Brisbane. I'm going to, to use another racing term, default to the SP here and uh, go with the beaten favourite last week. Brisbane, I think they'll bounce back 13+. plus. I agree, Herbie's flying. He's going to hopefully score a couple, and hopefully one of them will be the first one. And I'm going to mention Patrick Carrigan from Man the Match, but I can envisage our dag end points being three Haas, two Reynolds, one Carrigan, with an honourable mention to Wade Egan come next Monday night. So, and Josh Curran. And Josh Curran. <laughs> so that, that'll be uh, how that'll play out. Manly and the Raiders from Mudgee. Here's another one where I had to go stand on my head for a little bit and uh, it still didn't make any sense and put a hole in the wall. But um, <laughs> we're at Mudgee where Manly are as per program and Canberra, uh, welcome back, Nick Kodrick. I have no idea here, so someone else tell me who's going to win this. Barney. I'm going to go for Manly. Um, I... Just looking at some and some things today, not that oh, you draw comparisons, but last year they'd lost those first few games, played a wet game against the Warriors, won by a field goal. Um, this year lost their first few games, looked ordinary, kicked a field goal to beat the Bulldogs last week and weren't great and then sort of turned it around from there. So maybe we just put it down to their slow starters and they'll come good this week. Like, And I'm just pinning my faith in that I think that they're a better team than Canberra. I think they'll finish higher on the ladder than Canberra. So I'll pin my faith in that Manly will come good this week. Playing up, up there, it might be a dry track for them as well. They had a tough wet weather game last week. Dry track, turbo with some space, Cherry Evans to play better. The forwards probably, Canberra maybe, if Manly can hold them, I don't, I don't think 
Manly are a better forward. Pat Canberra probably are. They only if they can hold them. I think man, Manly will will get them with a little bit of speed. I don't think Canberra are very quick side as I've said before. So I think Manly will probably get them there. I'll go for first try scorer. I'll go for Tommy and man of the match. Tommy. I'll go nice and easy. Tom. Tom. There you go. Barn barn. <laughs> I'm not going to go with Tom Tom. I'm actually picking the upset in this game. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, I know their first half last week was deplorable, but I did enjoy what they did in the second half. Um, and it was done off the back of work in the middle, realistically, um, where I can see uh, if they're going to be any hope of winning this game, it's going to have to be done through the middle. Uh, the Manly's pack hasn't impressed me at all, realistically, this year, apart from uh, Olakawatu. And Jake makes a lot of tackles, but he has zero impact in attack these days. Um, so I think the Raiders might just um, dominate the middle. Tom Starling looked like a, um, a super hooker when he did come on last week. He's starting this week. So I think if they can get off to a fast enough start and put a few points on the board early, if you get Manly chasing and scrambling like they have been in a couple of games this year, they seem to lose their way a little bit. Um I know there are only young fellas in Tomoko and Vellamy in the centres, but they've actually started a lot better this year than Brad Parker and Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper's looked like a reserve grader. He's looked like an under-16s, realistically, for the first couple of rounds this year. And if he's um, trying to stop Tomoko or Vellamy running at him, there could be some a lot of issues out there in the defence for Manly. So I've got the Raiders 1-12. to I'm going to go man of the match, Whiten. Um, he looks like he's had a much better start to this year and he's actually running the ball and sort of dictating a bit of play. Schneider's helping him by getting him around the field as well. But um, that's how I see that. And I think Vellame may crash over Brad Parker to score the first try of the game for the Raiders. I am going to go with Manly 1-12 to uh, because of uh, what Gump said pretty much, Tom Tom. Like, um, and I'm going to say he scores the first try and gets me out of the match as well because he exists, really. Um, I can see Canberra's forward pack definitely bullying Manly's easily, but I'm tipping it again, a, a above-average Tom Trevojevic performance to just get Manly home in the end. And really, uh, for the sake of rugby league in the country as well, because what a great advertisement this game is for rugby league in the country. So at least if Tom Trevojevic turns it on, there's some semblance of, you know, the game being worth actually going and attending in these country areas. And it might just keep country rugby league alive if Tom Trevojevic has a good game here. So I'm going to say he's man of the match first, try scorer, Manly 1-12. to Drives the bus. Does the lot. Yeah. Wraps him up at half time. No pressure on him. The impending doom of country football is on Tom Trevojevic. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm tipping the Raiders. I, I agree with Barney. Uh, their Ford pack, the, the Manly Ford pack, half of them look like reserve graders, and you throw in half the back line look like reserve graders last week. I think Canberra in this game. It'll be close and it'll probably be ugly. Uh, Starling may be the difference, giving them that bit of pace they do need. So I'm going to go with him out of the match. And first try scorer, Harawira Naira, barging over uh, Hank Scorpio there just to set them up. But an ugly contest, but an interesting one. I hope Canberra haven't gone up there too early and Karawira Naira's not visiting any school. Oh, stop it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, they've gone away on a road trip. I hope they've left him at home and they just have him up there the day before. 
They might need Tommy to go up there early to save country rugby league. I'm getting tied to the back seat of the bus. Just, just, you know, we don't need it. Corey Harrow, we're in Ira. You know? Yeah, we do know. Thank you. No comment. All right. The Cowboys (laughs) and the Roosters from Country Bank, where they are pretty much all the same here. Teddy, Salika Fafida comes in for Baker. And Trent Robinson stays home with COVID. Cohen Hess has been named. Apparently, he wasn't injured. He was just carrying like a big girl last week. Uh, he, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. I uh, know there was he had to pass some protocols or something, but um, no major injuries. Before we start, Barney, just so I could include this in one of our online previews, stand up and show me what you're wearing. As long as it's pants. What's that? Look at that. The Footy and Frothies T-shirt. Get them online at rugbyleaguemerch.com. Google it. You can go to our Facebook page and see it as well. Does it fit all right? Yeah, mate, it does. It's good. Good. Yeah, good. It's pretty comfy too. It seems like a decent material. So, so you can uh, you can get them. You can get the hats, the steins, the tumblers, the schooner glasses, the bottle openers, all with our logo on it. And, uh, yeah, shout us a few beers along the way. So head there and uh, grab some merch. The first of it has gone out, as you can see today. Uh, what are we saying here, Barney, Why you've got the floor? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, if the Roosters play like they did last week, they'll probably get beaten by the Cowboys, which <laughs> would make me pretty upset, realistically, because I don't, as we all mentioned at the start of the year, I didn't think the Cowboys were going to beat anyone. They have been a lot more impressive than, obviously, I, I was giving them credit for at the start of the year. But I don't think they've actually played anyone that's really put their defence up against them and, you know, made them work hard to get away with, you know, some of the tries that they've been scoring, so... If the Roosters can get their shit together, they should win and win well, but I'm not going to tip them to win well just because they haven't got their shit together to start this season. Uh, I'm still going to tip them to win. I think there's, yeah, I think there will be points in this game where the Cowboys will sort of be looking at each other going, what do we do now? How are we going to score points? Um, and if that starts happening, the Roosters have got more than enough points in them to cover them. Uh, it just depends if... They're going to run around in circles and throw passes over the sidelines and drop balls when they shouldn't be. So I've got the Roosters 1-12. to 12. I think Marnie's going to score the first try. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has an absolute day out and gets mad at the match in this game. I can see him busting open that uh, left-hand defence for the Cowboys time and time again. So Yeah, he was in my thoughts as well. But I've gone, I've stuck with the Roosters 1-12 to 12 to, as you say, get their shit together. I'm hoping Teddy stays in his lane and allows the halves to breathe. If they do, I think Tupanu will score the first try, hopefully off a nice ball from Walker and the other man of the moment in the props this year, Takiyaro, to keep his form going and me declare my further undying love for him. Ollie. I can't have any legitimacy in my opinion or back myself as a rugby league pundit in any way, shape or form. If four rounds into the season, I tip my wooden spoon prediction to beat my premier's prediction. So I am sticking with the Roosters here. I will say one to 12 though, play that a little bit safe. there, sort of meet in the middle uh, man of the match. I'm going to go with James Tedesco to do a fair bit of work and um, be the standout for the Roosters in this one and ensure they get the victory. Uh, but first try score, I'm actually going to go with uh, the man we spoke about earlier, Jeremiah Nanai from the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to come out hot. They're going to start strong, but I think the Roosters get it in the end. Matthew. Bet of the round, Roosters 13 plus. Load up. 
They Love will it. win 13 plus in this game. Won't ever look like not being 13 plus. <laughs> the Cowboys bubble will burst this week. The teams that have played against them this year have been awful. I know the Cowboys, and I mentioned it the other night, haven't conceded too many tries, but every team that's played them have been awful, have asked them not very much at all. I think the Roosters after last week looking frantic and loose and all that this week will be a different kettle of fish. And again, I'm putting the same hope in them that I'm putting in Manly in the game before that I just think that they're a better team. As Ollie said, a lot of people have picked the Roosters to come first and the Cowboys to come last. Well, if that comes to fruition, the Roosters win this game by a big margin. And I'm pinning my hopes in that, that the Roosters forwards dominate and Walker and Kiri and Tedesco and Manu go berserk and put some points on. I'm going to go... Billy Smith, first try scorer, just like his name, Billy Smith. Nice um, part in his hair, nice nice hairdo. <laughs> and um, Sam Walker for, for man of the match. I think that he might be um, gets, get a little bit of stuff <laughs> that he needs against against the Cowboys this week and, and put on a clinic. Sunday kicks off with the Storm and the Dogs from uh, Amy Park. Harry Grant comes back in and starts at nine, which pushes Cheese to the bench. Uh, for the time being, and Zed Coates comes back onto the wing for the Bulldogs. Waddell starts for Hetherington, who's gone for the year. Luke Thompson to prop, and uh, Ava Siumanga Fanai starts at 17. Oh, doesn't start, he uh, sits on the bench at 17. Gumpy, how is Sunday going to play out for you? My dogs will try really hard, and they'll lose 13 plus. Because I don't think that they've got... If they play the way they've played the first three games, they just don't have enough points to worry Melbourne. So if they play the way they've played and they defend the way they've defended, it'll end up being something like 28-6, to six, something like that. It'll, it'll sort of finish up. But look, this week, if I were the Bulldogs, I'd go out there and throw the ball around a bit, chant your arm, then maybe lose 30-20 to 20 rather than 30-6. to six. That's the way that I would sort of look at it. They will play the same way. They'll defend. Melbourne mightn't get to 30, but I can't see the Bulldogs scoring enough points to avoid a 13-plus defeat. They'll try hard, but Melbourne have just have, will have too much for them. Like, again, it'll be a top-four team against... A, it's a top-four team against a bottom-four team, realistically, and I think the scoreline in the end will probably show that. I hope it doesn't. But, look, I'm not hopeful. I'll say first try scorer as Nick Meany. Is, is he still in this week? I think he was still in. No, if he, if he's he in. picked another one there. No, uh, no Coates is back. Eremiah's playing. Right. So, well, then I'll, just, I'll, go, I'll go the cheese to score first. The cheese loves scoring first. And I will go for... Harry Grant, man of the match. I've picked him to win Dally M, so I'll go for him for man of the match. He only had COVID. He's not didn't have a big injury. Had a bit of a cough. He'll be right. I I'm agreeing. Harry Grant will be man of the match. He'll carve him up through that uh, through the middle there. Give young Marshall King a bit of a lesson on uh, you know what the Australian hookers like. And with their full spine here, as you said, this is a top four team feasting on a a bottom four team. Uh, I'm going to go first try scorer, Kenny Bromwich. 
out wide there, just finding that lovely Bulldogs corridor that they love to concede points through, uh, even though they're pretty good there last week. Stolen lines, goddamn. And um, yeah, easy to watch. Uh, I think they'll hit. They'll start to hit their stride now and start putting a few together. Ollie. Yeah, well, for first try scorer at least, I'm actually going to go with Josh Adokar from the Bulldogs. I tip he scores at some point, even within the first three minutes, and there's a big celebration. He does a big celebration scoring against his old club, and then the Bulldogs get absolutely <laughs> walloped. And they'll, they'll try it, as Gump said, but Melbourne are just Melbourne. Harry Grant, I've got to agree, is going to be man of the match as well. Uh, I think this is the week where... Melbourne sort of click and they become Melbourne again, at least for a period. Um, I know it's a bit of a weird thing to say, but to start the year, they've just not seemed as dom- dominant or as clinical as they have for the past, well, realistically, 10 years. I'd say at the moment, Penrith's at one level above everyone else. This could be the first week where it clicks for Melbourne and within the next couple of weeks, they'll be up there with them. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything different. Uh, too, they're too big, too strong, too fast. And, uh, they've got a bit more skill to go with it as well. So um, Kenny Bromwich to score the first try. He might even try a grubber for himself and then dive on it or something. Yeah, he does. <laughs> if he's doing that, they win him by 60. So. Oh, mate, he, he gives it a crack. He doesn't oh, mind. No, as soon as they're close he, to the line, he doesn't mind fucking around and trying some different stuff. He's doing stuff. that by 60. Yeah. The middles, the dogs hope to try and keep it as close as they can. But I can see Melbourne actually going away from their middles in this one. To be honest, I think it's going to be a one-two up the middle and then they're going to go straight to the edges, which will lead to Munster being man of the match, putting people away for tries and running a couple in for himself. And um, I'll go with first try scorer. I said, yeah, Kenny Bromwich, Melbourne, 13 plus. And we wrap up Sunday night with the Eels hosting the Dragons with... The Eels welcoming uh, Madison onto the bench, actually. is the only major change here. And Bryce comes in for Ray Stone. The For the Dragons, Jack Georgeski starts at 12. Great man. Yes! <laughs> in he comes. And uh, Fayguy, or Fayney, as Vossi likes to call him, uh, onto the wing for Ramsey. What's the only changes there? Barney, you can wrap up this round for us. I was, the Eels are going to come out and beat the Melbourne Storm every bloody game they've played for the last three years. They need to back it up this week and they need to put St. George away. They don't have to win by 30 points, but they need to be comfortable for the majority of the 80 minutes in this game and just make it look like they're the better team for 80 minutes. Uh, that's what I'm backing to happen. Uh, I think they've got too much, uh, too much power in the forwards and there's a little bit... Their halves are, you know, if, if Dylan Brown's doing what he was doing last week and Mitchell Moses can jump on the back of that, they should be able to get some really good clean ball out to the young uh, the young fellas out, out the back. I think Will Penasini is going to be a serious player. He hasn't put out a lot of attack at the moment, but I think um, given some opportunities in this game, he may actually score the first try. They haven't gone his side very often, have they? They, no, haven't, they haven't really gone that side. With and he's been solid team. enough in defence, but, oh, yeah, he, he hasn't seen a lot of ball. So They haven't really gone that way. No, so I'm, I'm hoping they go that way this time for the first try with uh, Will Penasini to score the first try. I think it will be 1-12 to 12 just because the Dragons are a better team than what they've been for the last few years, and um, their forward pack's good enough to keep this game close. 
Um, hoping Tyrell Sloan gets some involvement. Um, the last sort of game and a half, he's sort of gone missing and um, he's, he's an excitement machine and we we all do like watching him play. So I hope he can get a bit more involved in this one. But um, yeah, I've got Parramatta. I'm going to say 1-12, to 12, just out of a little bit of respect for what the Dragons have put up for the start of the year. And man of the match will be... Um, I'm going to go with Dylan Brown again. I thought he was clearly Parramatta's best last week and he can do it again this week. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Parramatta, 1-12. to Wouldn't surprise me if it was 13-plus. They'll just be too big in the forwards, too strong, too powerful if RCG and Paulo and and those guys get on a roll in the middle and sort of then get to, get to the both edges and, and cause a bit of havoc there. Um, yeah, so I think a 1-12 to result for, for Parra, but again, 13-plus wouldn't surprise it. Like Barn, I'd, oh, like I'd like to see Sloan get... You have some good involvement for them. I think Ben Hunt will be good for St. George again. Um, they'll try hard, but I just think that Parramatta will overpower them. Parra are a 10-point better side at home than they probably are away as well. They've got that home ground advantage. I'm going to go man of the match, Reed Marnie. I think he's been a bit quiet for the yes. past, past first three games. So I'm going to go for him to be, be man of the match. And I'm going to go the first try scorer as Tommy Opacek. I'm going to go with Parramatta 13 plus, but I don't think it's going to be a flogging in any sense of the word. I'm going to respect the Dragons with my tip as well here. My man of the match will also be Reed Marnie. And I'm going to say it's for the reason, partly because Harry Grant will have such a good game the night before. I know that's a bit weird, but I feel like these are the two players who will be battling it out for the Australian hooker position. I think we're going to see some big performances in response to each other from both players. We've seen champions in all different sports uh, put on these performances or responses really whether it's Messi and Ronaldo or whoever you always see one have a really good game then the next day the other one tops it or reaches that level so I'm going to say Reed has a similar performance to Harry Grant and dominates this game and is the reason why Parramatta go on to win and I'm going to say first try scorer is uh, Matthew Figai. I'm going to go Parramatta 1 to 12 but I feel like it's really more a 12 to 16 game uh, and uh, I, you've summed up well. I've got Dylan Brown man the match for all the reasons both you got, well, all you guys have mentioned so far. First try scorer Sean Lane. I've been making a bit of a case for him lately, and I think he might find a nice through ball off Mitch Moses to get them going. That wraps up our review, or our preview of round four. We've just got our disaster class to touch on Barney's. You've got any money left? Except for Ollie, nope. you bought a new house. Not at all. <laughs> Gumpy didn't have a bet last week, so he's minus 100. Oliver's on positive $510, losing $50 out of that kitty last week. And you and me are both duck egg from three, and we're minus $150 at this stage. All right, I'm going to try and get off the mark at least. I'm going to go Melbourne into Para into Penrith minus the line. So the first two are head-to-head. Penrith minus the line, which is six and a half. Sharks minus the line, which is six and a half. That's paying $5.50. I'm going to have all 50 on that. Worries. Anybody else got anything? All right, on? I'm going to go the Gold Coast 13 plus, yep. Roosters 13 plus, Storm 13 plus, and Parramatta 13 plus. 
I'll, I'll, I'll throw para third. I'll just go four thirteen pluses. Yep. That's twenty dollars and four cents, and I'll have all fifty on. Beautiful. Very good. But I thought the Telegraph said today that it's the closest. The, the rule changes mean it's the closest comp ever, and no, there's no blowouts. No mention the fact there's 48 drop balls every game. Everyone's playing like busted balloons. Yeah, there's but... been a lot of teams not playing real well. Yeah. Well, and I'm, going against, I'm going against the trend because a lot no, of games. Of no, I'm, just, you, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I'm just going they for might be good anyway. teams to win by 13 plus yes. against teams that are not up to it. Yep. Parramatta and St George is probably the closest game of those, but the other three would surprise me greatly if they're not 13 plus. No, I was, I was being facetious, Gumpy. I wasn't saying you're wrong. And I actually think this week, I'd just add, if you've got a joker in your footy tipping competition, mm. play it this week because yeah. I think that this is the week that... The favourites. The favourites are going to win. I just, you know, there's a couple of iffies, but... If you've got an opportunity to play your joker, I would play it this week if you're in a tipping comp with one. Yeah, I've tried to get uh, – I've gone exactly the same as Daggy, actually, without the mar- without the um, the line. So I've just gone Sharks, Panthers, Storm, Eels, straight out, head-to-head, $3.10. I'm going to put $30 on that. I've got the Titans 1-12, to Panthers 1-12, to Sharks and Storm both 13+. plus. That'll get you $42.70. I'm going to have $10 on that. And Fafida and Talakai both to score the first try in their respective games. $11 for Fafida, $15 for Talakai, and I have $5 at both of those. Just some late mail here, Ollie, for you. Isaac Liu has been ruled out of tomorrow night's game. So surely we see 80 minutes from the great man. Uh, what are you doing, Oliver? Oh, well, funnily enough, you bring that up because that um, is concerning my... Disaster class pick here. Of course, I made my tip with my head. Bulldogs uh, thirteen plus. Despite, like you thirteen plus, I reckon should be your pick. No, well, the uh, I'd say, despite thinking with my head for my prediction because I want some semblance of legitimacy. I guess you could say the pessimist has been within me all week, and I'm going to unleash the pessimist here. All fifty bucks, Tigers thirteen plus. <laughs> You get about five or six bucks for that too, I would imagine. Uh, probably. I think they're about five or six bucks anyway. Uh, Barney will <laughs> confirm that price. Uh, that's it for our preview show, guys. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Thanks to everyone who supported us online. Thanks to everyone who's jumped on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Ollie, I might, we'll discuss off air. $11. Again, so. <laughs> Lovely. I guess 13 plus. In the Bulldogs 13 plus, he's going. He's going. He's going. I'm putting five bucks on it now just in case. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Messiah. Thank you, boys. It's been fun. Oh, yep. We'll see everyone Monday night for the review show. Uh, as we said earlier, everyone doing it tough at the moment. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll chat soon. Catch you guys. Yeah, have a good week, champions. Get a shirt or a schooner glass. <laughs> <laughs>